0: This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. An attempt to begin drafting a bill to codify the access to abortion that currently exists in Montana failed to pass a legislative interim committee. The motion before the Children, Families, Health, and Human Services Interim Committee came from State Senator Mary McNally, the Democrat from Billings. It failed on a tied vote, Five Democrats in favor, five Republicans opposed. The motion would have placed the current state of abortion and women's health care access to the same extent that existed and is protected in Montana into Montana statute. After the meeting, McNally told the Daily Montana she didn't expect it to pass, but she wanted it on the record. Quote, I wanted it on the record that at least some of us believe we have a good setup right now in Montana, the way it is, and we like to keep it that way. Continuing, I know access to abortion will probably be under assault again next session, so just wanted to say that I think it's important that women have the right here. In Montana, the right to have an abortion remains protected. Under a 1999 state Supreme Court decision, in Armstrong v. State, which extended constitutional privacy rights to medical procedures. Because of a lack of internal controls, the Montana Office of Public Instruction is at risk of misspending federal money and misreporting statewide graduation rates. That's according to a recent report from the Legislative Audit Division. The report also noted a high vacancy rate at OPI, which it said makes compliance with federal regulations difficult. The audit identified 13 findings from a review of the two fiscal years that ended June 30, 2021, and OPI agreed with all but one of the recommendations, the report said. OPI argued it does not have to strengthen controls over cash management, given it has already corrected the shortcomings. In a written response to the audit, Superintendent of Public Instruction Elsie Arnson said OPI already has partially implemented nine recommendations related to federal compliance, has fully implemented one, and is generally making progress. Quote, the office is working and will continue to enhance internal controls for all programs. Quote, Enhancement of internal controls includes assessment of current internal controls, documentation of program activities, and new or continued trainings for current and existing staff. According to the findings, the audit identified $460,000 in question cost related to the Federal Emergency and Secondary School Emergency Relief, or ESSER, funds. The report said the period auditors reviewed posed challenges to state government in general and OPI in particular, quote, the audit period was a difficult one for all state agencies, OPI included. The report continued March 2020 started the COVID-19 pandemic and OPI employees had to adjust their processes to work from home. In the same period, OPI had turnover in just under half its positions, which the audit said played a major role in the findings. It counted 89 positions out of 183 that were vacant or experienced turnover, including 19 that were open for more than a year. Quote, the superintendent stated some vacancies were intentional, but we believe having less employees, makes it more difficult to comply with internal control requirements, the report said. During the audit, we worked with several individuals new to their positions or responsibilities. Hiring has posed challenges across the state. The Department of Corrections, as an example, is addressing a 30% vacancy rate at the Montana State Prison. The report indicated that the Legislative Audit Division struggled to obtain information from OPI to complete its review. In some cases, the report said staff were reluctant to answer questions because they worried about the consequences of the audit or were confused about who should respond. Quote, "...if staff did not know how to answer our questions, they would often just not respond to our requests for information." leading us to ask the same question multiple times. The report continued, we believe OPI needs to provide control training to their staff to explain the importance of internal controls, including risk assessment, documentation, and monitoring. A Great Falls couple has filed a lawsuit in district court challenging the ban on cannabis dispensaries within city limits. The suit argues that according to House Bill 701, which addresses recreational marijuana in Montana, while counties and cities can put tighter rules and regulations on marijuana sales, Great Falls' outright ban of sales within city limits is in violation of state law because cities and counties can only ban sales through a local referendum, which has not happened in Great Falls or Cascade County. Quote, state law allows dispensaries to operate legally in Great Falls unless the citizens of Great Falls say otherwise through an election. That's according to the couple's attorney, Rafe Graybill. Quote, the city's ban violates state law and goes against the clear will of the people. In November of 2020, Cascade County voted 54.7% in favor to approve Initiative 190, which legalized the growth and sales of recreational marijuana in Montana as of January 1st of 2022. Cascade County is a green county, meaning the majority of its voters voted in favor of recreation legalization and can only prohibit production and sale of marijuana through a ballot referendum election. The suit asked for a preliminary and permanent injunction requiring the city to stop enforcing its ban on marijuana sales within city limits. The Flathead River on Saturday dropped below flood stage for the first time in two weeks. A river monitor at Columbia Falls showed the water level dropping below 13 feet on Saturday morning. The river first entered flood stage June 11th at 6 o'clock in the evening and stayed between 13 and 15 feet for the next 14 days. The high mark came June 15th at 14.88 feet. It peaked again June 21st at 14.61 feet. The National Weather Service's advanced Hydrologic Prediction Services says the river will drop below 12 feet and then rise again to 12.26 feet on Wednesday. Flathead Lake, meanwhile, is still a few inches above full pool. The lake level is projected to drop to its normal full pool by June 30th. The lake level is managed by the SKQ Dam in Polson. Whitefish Lake was at an elevation of 3,001 feet on Monday. That's down about 12 inches in the last week. The lake is typically at 3,000 feet this time of year. Missoula, Montana Airport had to close its runway and divert commercial flights to Kalispell early Monday after a small plane crash landed on the runway. The accident was reported shortly after 10 a.m., The aircraft's one occupant was taken to hospital. No other information on the pilot or the type of aircraft has been provided. Airport Deputy Director Tim Damro says the accident occurred during landing. Emergency crews responded to the accident. No fire was reported. The runway was forced to close for about 90 minutes, and some flights were diverted to Kalispell, according to the airport. The runway returned to operational status before noon, and all diverted flights were expected to return to Missoula. According to a new study by the University of Montana Flathead Biological Station, even a light wind can carry harmful microplastics into Flathead Lake. Quote, Plastics are falling out of the sky, but the sky has not yet fallen, according to Jim Elser, Flathead Lake Biology Station Director, microplastics are everywhere. It's hard to function in society without coming into contact or using them. Microplastics are tiny, microscopic pieces of plastic used in commercial products like soap or broken down from larger plastic pieces. First publicized after researchers found microplastics in seafood, microplastics have since been discovered in most places where humans live. Since 2018, visiting professor Dr. Xiang Zhang from the Chinese Academy of Science Institute of Hydrobiology has teamed up with UM researchers to find where microplastics accumulated the most in Flathead Lake. Scientists found microplastics in a majority of ocean samples as well across the world, high levels in particulates, can damage or kill human cells and can be ingested through the natural environment or from eating animals contaminated with plastics. Researchers have known about plastics in Flathead Lake for years. Using 12 data sites across the lake, the study found Flathead Lake had similar levels of microplastics to other rural lakes. Elsa says small towns surrounding the lake and intensive shoreline use contribute to microplastics through pollution. Trash and other litter can be carried in a stream or river, slowly breaking the pieces of plastic to make them too small to see with the naked eye. A less obvious source of microplastics is people's clothes. Many synthetic fibers use plastic, some of which breaks off in a laundry machine and flows into a water system, according to the study. Some of the most concentrated areas of plastic hug more populated places like Polson or Big Fork. Elzer says the problem overall is caused by the sheer amount of plastics Americans use. The U.S. generated more than 35 million tons of plastic waste in 2018. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, that's the most per capita in the world. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces in 24 countries on six continents. We also post our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana news is heard on the Treasure State radio network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana news. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.